Welcome to Malicious Mamas, a podcast dedicated to an all-female perspective on lore, legends, and the creatures of the insomnia-driven fears you have at 3 a.m. I am your host, Nikki Mandiola. I've been obsessed with old Hollywood since the very first time I watched Audrey Hepburn in Sabrina as a teenager. Deciding to do an episode on possibly the most famous ghost in La La Land's history was a no-brainer. It is, of course, a tragic tale, but one that ends in a mysterious twist. As I research this story, I find myself questioning what could have been had it ended differently. Follow along as we take our first journey into Hollywood's dark past, a past so haunting that it will never be forgotten. Let's get down to the business. This week's topic is Peg Entwistle, the ghost of the Hollywood sign. Born on February 5, 1908, in Wales, Entwistle spent most of her early life growing up in West Kensington, London. Reports state that her father and mother divorced or her mother passed away when she was a toddler. Either way, Peg was left to be raised by her actor father. Due to his connection with the stage, the pair moved to New York City in 1913, and in this time, her father remarried and had two more children. Tragedy struck the family when Entwistle's father was killed in a hit-and-run accident in December of 1922. Sadly, not long before this misfortune, Peg's stepmother passed away, leaving the Entwistle children as orphans. As it would have it, however, the children had an uncle living in Ohio who volunteered to take them in. Devastated to leave New York City because of her growing love for the stage, Peg pledged to one day star on Broadway. Within a year of living with her uncle, the family moved to Los Angeles, and although it may seem inevitable that an aspiring actress would love this kind of location change, Peg still kept her sights on New York. Due to her hard work, Peg was able to achieve her goal. Working first for the Repertory Theater in Boston, Entwistle was contracted by the New York Theater Guild in 1926, where she began her career on Broadway. By 1927, with everything in her life going according to plan, Peg married fellow actor Robert Keith. This is where a humongous size wrench gets thrown into the whole Peg Entwistle awesome life situation. The pair married after knowing each other for a very small amount of time, which is usually not a good idea. Due to this, Keith just so happened to have forgot to mention he was previously married and had a son. The guy also falsified records on their marriage certificate, so there was no way for Peg to suspect anything. When she found out, Entwistle did something that I don't think most would do in her situation. She said nothing. It only became an issue when her husband stopped working and begged Entwistle to help him pay off alimony owed to his former wife. Struggling to support her husband, things only got worse when after a stellar run of a production, Peg's next show was a flop, leaving her without work for months. Peg would divorce Keith in 1929 after a particular situation brought their marital struggles to a boiling point. The pair were contracted by the New York Theatre Guild for a cross-country tour, and while on this journey, Keith was arrested due to the $1,000 of back alimony he owed to his ex-wife. 
taking out a loan from the guild, Entwistle paid her husband's bail, and in return, he thanked her by going on an alcoholic bender and getting fired from the tour. She had had enough. All this mess was not over with, however. The New York Theatre Guild did not renew Entwistle's contract after everything that had happened. Lost and unsure about her career, Peg returned to her family's home in Los Angeles. After a few years of no significant acting roles, Entwistle was finally asked to star opposite famous actress Lorette Taylor in a Broadway production in 1932. Managing to generate a lot of buzz, things were looking up for Peg. That is until her co-star's alcoholism closed the show within its first week. Directly after, however, Entwistle was asked to join a stage production of The Mad Hopes in Los Angeles, where she caught the eye of the famous RKO Studios. The movie production company was planning a film called 13 Women and wanted Peg for a small supporting role. This would be Entwistle's first credited role in a movie. Originally, the script called for Peg to be in about 16 minutes of the film, but in the end, she was virtually cut out of the production in post. Under a one-year contract at the studio, the company did not feel the need to renew. With the offer to be in a movie, Peg ended her contract with the Mad Hopes early, which the stage company did not appreciate. Due to this, Entwistle was what the industry refers to as blackballed. Not able to land a gig, Peg was the lowest she had ever been. On the evening of September 16, 1932, Entwistle told her uncle she was going on a walk. When she did not return, her family became concerned. Two days later, police received an anonymous call from a woman who had been hiking the trails near the Hollywood sign. Stumbling upon a jacket, purse, and a shoe along her way, the woman was unsure what to make of her discovery. Opening the purse, the woman pulled out a note which caused her to gaze below the hill from the sign. There, she saw the body of a woman. Before she hung up, the hiker stated that she left these items on the steps of the Hollywood police station. Moving directly to the location the caller gave, police found the body of a young lady. Surmising that the woman jumped from the H of the Hollywood sign after climbing a workman's ladder, they were still unsure of who she really was. Unable to identify her, newspapers were used to publish her description, and when her family got wind of this news, they knew it was Peg. The note that caused the woman to look below? It read, I am afraid. I am a coward. I am sorry for everything. If I had done this a long time ago, it would have saved a lot of pain. Signed, P.E. Media soon swooped in to make this a story warning of Hollywood's evils, but it was definitely more than that. Remember, Entwistle did not want to be a Hollywood movie star. She just happened to be there because of her decisions in New York. She probably felt that her life was over and that nothing could be done to fix anything. The twist I mentioned earlier? Two days after her death, her family received a letter from RKO asking Peg to play a role 
in an upcoming film. Due to her tragic death, Entwistle's ghost is said to have never left the Hollywood sign. Strangely enough, all stories regarding experiences with her ghost have a similar ring to them. From rangers patrolling Griffith Park near the sign to pedestrian trail walkers, many have claimed to encounter Peg. Dressed in clothing from the 1930s and donning blonde hair, her spirit gives off a feeling of sadness to passerbys. Many report seeing a woman walking along the trail who looks lost, but when they call out to her, she immediately vanishes. Others report a more gruesome scene after witnessing a ghostly figure throwing themselves off of the H of the Hollywood sign. Foggy nights tend to be the time she is most commonly seen. Lastly, all reports claim that once Entwistle Spirit has made herself known, the smell of gardenias fills the air. Ironic, seeming that this was the scent of her most favorite perfume. So listeners, what do you believe? Is this a tale of La La Land's downfall or simply a story of one woman's tragic fate? I'll leave it to you to decide. On that note, let's conclude this episode. If you have any suggestions on mamas you'd like me to cover or a spooky tale to share, please send an email to maliciousmamas at gmail.com. If you're looking for more mamas in your life, follow Malicious Mamas on both Instagram and Twitter. Also, if you could rate, comment, and subscribe to Malicious Mamas on your favorite podcast app, it would really help out and I would greatly appreciate the feedback. Until next time, keep it real, mamas.